Hello and welcome back to another hopefully rib-tickling episode of the British English Podcast, where we don't just teach you English, we teach you how to navigate the minefield that is British social life. I'm your host, Charlie, and with me today is my dear friend, Harry, who's as British as a pint of lager in a pub. Is that rude to say, Harry? <laughs> I'm pretty British. I think I'm as British as they come, to be honest. I'd say so. My mum said I was 116th Canadian once, but I don't know what that means. Because Canadians, a lot of them originated from Britain anyway, didn't they? So, don't know. That makes me even more British, maybe. Perhaps, unless it's like Quebec side. Yeah, does that mean maybe that your mum had... A bit French. A bit of an affair? No, it doesn't mean that, does it? No, I don't think my mum had... She might have done. She hasn't told me of any affairs. I hope not. But you never know these days. Everyone's having it off with everyone, aren't they? Have you had an affair yet? Are they? No, no. You've been married for... How long have you been married now? I've been married a week today. Wow. A week today, yeah, because it was... Wow, seven days ago that you declared that you love my wife. Yeah, that was good. Did you enjoy that part of my speech? I did. A lot of other people commented on that. They're like, oh, it was so funny when Harry said, I love you, Stacey, on the microphone. (laughs) It was good. Yeah, apparently, yeah, his... Her brother told me that he was borderline pissed off. He was like, I was going to say something to you. This is when he was off his tits. He was completely drunk and going around the dance floor molesting everybody, <laughs> mainly the men, I must add. He Not snogged me at one point. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he kissed me, humped me and groped me within the space of about 20 minutes. That's a full house. Bingo. Yeah. Very nice. I quite enjoyed it. But wait, what was I saying? Well, affairs. How many affairs do you think happen in the first week of marriage? Wow. Or percent, let's go percentage. What percentage of marriages fail in the first week? Don't miss out on our free vocabulary worksheet. Learn today's top native phrases with easy definitions right where you are listening. Plus, unlock worksheets for all episodes. That's over 1,000 phrases. Head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com or click the link that says free worksheets in the show notes of the app that you're listening to this episode on or download our fabulous free app by searching B. E-P, or the British English Podcast in your app store. Download and enjoy. Interesting. I I was going to say probably like 1%, right? But then again, it may be that moment where they realise I've done the wrong thing. So it might be quite a high percentage where they have this awakening. Like, oh no, this is not what I want. Yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe they realise that first night or... Even before, they maybe they knew in the build-up, in the weeks and hours building up to that big moment, that big day, and they just they go through with it because they would rather they'd rather that save face on the day than have to go through the ordeal of jilting someone or saying no at the altar. Can you get any worse than that? No, you can't. Lovely language there, jilted as well. I don't use that one. Can you explain that one? That's when you don't turn up to the altar, to the ceremony. You just leave your spouse there, standing there, waiting for you. You Jump someone. Oh, okay. You let them down. So it's specific to leaving them somewhere. 
stranded. Normally we use it in that context, but it says suddenly reject or abandon somebody. But it's got a real like connotation to leaving someone at the altar where in the church or wherever you're getting married and not turning up, abandoning them right there on the big day. He was jilted at the altar by his bride-to-be. And I've got one. The man I thought loved me, jilted me and stole my money. So a double whammy there. Oof. Yeah. (sighs) No, I haven't done that to Stacey. I haven't jilted her nor stolen her money yet. So, Did it cross your mind when you were standing there waiting for Stacey? Quite a lovely moment, by the way, standing by your side, the kids coming down down the aisle it was really emotional it was lovely did it cross your mind that she might not turn up (laughs) no it didn't is that arrogant of me that it didn't cross my mind it's a bit arrogant isn't it (laughs) that's a testament to your love isn't it yeah I mean it's just it would be so strange if she did because she's put so much effort into this moment like the planning she's got four outfits for the day no three just three. I thought it was four. I thought I noticed four outfit changes from Stacey. We've said four because we legally got married on the Thursday and she wore a different one there. And then on the day she had her main one and then two evening ones. This is not normal, guys. It's starting to be a thing where there's an evening dress for the first dance because typically the main dress is quite big and awkward to dance with. And they've got a long train But yeah, it was quite extravagant. She did what she felt like she wanted to do, which is exactly what you should be doing on your wedding day, right? Absolutely. You go for it, Stacey. She looked amazing in every single one of her outfits, didn't she? She did. She did. She looked absolutely stunning. We're not here to talk about weddings, but we are here to talk about some awkward and delightfully British conundrums to see how Harry would react. And maybe if you could flip it on to me to see how I would react to help you guys better understand two Brits and how awkward they can be in these moral dilemmas. Shall I hit you with the first moral dilemma, Harry? Hit me with a sorrel my lemma. Let's do it. Okay. Imagine a friend just comes around, right? They are randomly popping in and you offer them a cup of tea and they seem very pleased with the idea of one. You go into the kitchen, you boil the kettle And they launch into telling you about a problem that they're experiencing. So it's not really about, you know, making the tea. You're there as a listener, but you're doing the making of the tea. You boil the kettle. And while you put the milk in their tea, you notice that it smells questionable. But you've already started pouring it now. So they're in full flow. The milk's in full flow. There are no tea bags left, no other milk, no other options do what do you do do you continue and just give them the slightly gone off milk in the tea or and continue with the conversation or what do you do you confess <laughs> so in this situation does the person i'm making a tea for have to be going through a rough patch and they're telling me their life story that, yeah right now they are yeah. telling you about let's call it a romantic issue Okay. Yeah, they they are well and truly focused on that. Okay. Yeah, and I guess you don't want to interrupt them when, when they're telling a maybe a sad story or whatever their dilemma is. But 
I don't want to give someone a horrible cup of tea. If I notice, because I'm going to be making two cups. I'll be making one for them, (laughs) one for me. And I love my tea and there's nothing I hate more than a bad cup of tea. I don't want to drink it. So selfishly, I would, I'd probably offer them a green tea, to be honest with you. I don't want to serve someone a horrible tea. I don't want to serve someone because I know how bad that is. I know how disappointing it is. But that's why I drink oat milk, because it doesn't go off or it takes a lot longer. So you won't find little bits in it. It doesn't go bad anywhere near as quick as cow's milk. I'm hoping that won't happen to me. But I think I would. I think I would tell them. I think I would tell them. Okay. Yeah, that's good that you said that oat milk does go off eventually. I'm glad that you don't keep it for months and still think this is absolutely fine but yeah fair fair so you don't want to give yourself a bad cup of tea and therefore you wouldn't Mm. force it upon them yeah because if you know how bad a bad cup of tea is then you wouldn't wish it on anyone else would you yeah so what how can alter the situation what if they don't like green tea and they're almost they're jittery. They need a cup of tea to calm them down. And uh, you, you've said before, they were like, what do I do? What do I do? They're outside or away from your yeah. house. And you say, come over for a cup of tea and we'll just calm you down. Would you that... need a cup of tea right yes, now. That's yes. all you need yes. in my house with my milk, yes. my water. So they've traveled for this cup of tea. Would that change things? Okay. Maybe what I would do is... Having seen that the and smelt that the milk is off, I'd pour the cup of tea. I'd pour one, and then I would test the water myself. So I tell I'd test the milk myself. I would have a little sip, and I'd be like, "Okay, this is passable. This isn't too bad. Maybe a tad bitter, but actually, this is all right. This is drinkable." Having seen that it's drinkable, I would then proceed to pour the other cup. I would put the milk in the other cup. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. that's probably what I would do. And I'd make, I'd do a kind of quite a strong tea. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't put too much milk in, mm. I think. Okay. So as not to yeah. accentuate the the stench of the gone off milk. In my imagination, this milk, it's smelly, but it's not curdling. It's not visually okay. off. It's just okay. on that. On the cusp. Cusp. Um, curdling on the cusp of curdle <laughs> i see exactly. i think nice. maybe i'd pour it out but the smell is worse than the curdle i guess if it was the other way around and it had started to curdle but it wasn't smelling maybe i'd pour it and i would just maintain it trying to maintain eye contact with the speaker i would start spooning out the little flakes that uh, arrest the scum on the surface of the tea i'd be like okay. just getting out so yeah. they didn't notice. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? She left you, did she? Oh, let's. Yeah. Oh, no. Not with him. Oh, God. That's. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Get all that shit out the kit. Cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? And then hopefully they wouldn't notice. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So you were saying. <laughs> what about you? What would you do? I think I would confess. I think I would say we need to. This is unexcusable. Mm. I haven't checked the milk. But they would get annoyed if you were them and you were having a breakdown. You come round, having <laughs> a breakdown. Oh god, that's you're telling me the milk's off. Oh no, that's oh, I can't catch a break. Injury. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. I think you'd get over it pretty quick. 
a cup of tea is great you can have i'd happily have a green tea or just a I'd have a glass of water. I don't care. If I'm having a breakdown, I've got bigger fish to fry. You do. It's all yeah, right. That's true. Okay. All right. I'm glad we aren't too upset or we're not crying over spilt milk. Oh. Um, okay. Next one. The queue confusion. You're both in a long queue. I don't know who both of us are. I guess us. And then a third person comes along and offers you £50 to let them cut in front of you. Do you take the money and risk the wrath of fellow cures behind you or decline and become British heroes of decorum? Oh, I guess we are in the queue together and we're making this decision. So what, we get £25 each? (laughs) You do the maths, yeah, I guess so. Okay. I I think the main question for me is where are we queuing and what is it for? In the cloud of audio where podcasts dwell, a British chap's got stories to tell. It's not just his words that give you a lift, but free worksheets that offer a gift. Hey there, it's Charlie. You hear him exclaim. In Apple or Spotify, you know his name. But did you know what else lies in store? A treasure of phrases, idioms and more. On the same screen as your episode plays, a sheet of vocab sets your learning ablaze. Definitions clear, all there at a glance. English and culture in a harmonious dance. And if you think one sheet makes you astute, you're in for a treat, an entire loot. For every episode bears its own prize a thousand plus phrases right before your eyes click on a link or download the app in language learning there's no time for a nap it's all for free no penny to pay just search bep and you're on your way so why just listen when you could also see a british bonanza as free as can be charlie's made sure in his linguistic spree to offer you english steeped in british tea If that poem didn't really make sense to you, I'm saying that there's a free worksheet available for you to download for this episode and all the other episodes. It's in the show notes of this episode. Go to the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com or download the app in your app store. Search BEP or the British English Podcast. Thank you. If it's for an ice cream, it's a nice 50 quid. If it's for a, a flight... No, not a flight. We'd all get a on. Flight, yeah. Well, I'm not taking that for. A f- Actually, no. Of course, I'd take it. Yeah, we're all getting speedy on. boarding or otherwise. I would take that fifty quid, no problem. But what if it's a public toilet? Oh, yeah, that's an awkward one You're because bursting. Everyone would be looking at you for a long time. Yeah, imagine that in a festival. You're queuing for a cubicle. Hot summer's day. Everyone's hungover. Ooh, tempting yeah. though, fifty quid. Te- very tempting, especially at a festival. Imagine what you could buy with 50 quid at a festival. Yeah, that would... I'd always be tempted. If someone off was mad enough or rich enough to offer me 50 quid just to cut in front of me in a queue, one space in front of me, it's not a massive inconvenience for me, I would take that 50 pounds. Yeah. There's a few things I wouldn't do for 50 pounds, Charlie. <laughs> I can imagine you in that festival queue out saying out loud to everyone in, behind you, no, it's okay. You gave me 50 quid. It's okay, guys. I've got 50 from him. Drinks are on me. <laughs> guys, there's nothing I wouldn't do for 50 pounds. So if you have anything else you can offer me, please go yeah. ahead. I think I would take it. But yeah, what is a cue where you wouldn't accept it because people would be so angry? 
I'm just trying to think of maybe think of something. A shoe shop? Oh, a shoe shop queue. Oh, absolutely. Oh no. What about a kebab shop <laughs> at the end of the night? I think people would fight you for that. Possibly, actually. But you wouldn't know because they wouldn't pick a fight with you for letting them in. They'd pick a fight with the queue pusher, wouldn't they? The queue hopper. I think you'd both be questioned. You'd both be the ones that they would want to sucker punch in the face. Is sucker punch, does sucker punch, it's a bit of an American phrase, isn't it? But does it mean in the face? Do I not need to say? Sucker punch. Is it like, isn't to sucker punch someone just when you punch someone and they're off guard? Like they, they're not expecting it. Oh, okay. A quick, might, Google says, a quick wrong. punch delivered without warning. An unexpected blow. Okay. But yeah, if you were waiting in a queue, you wouldn't expect the punch, would you? When I was punched in a kebab shop, I, it was a, definitely a sucker punch or 10. I laughed again. You told us that story at the wedding, like the day before or the day after. I, I gave a rude little giggle, didn't I? I laughed again just then. It's terrible of me. It's a terrible moment in your it's life. okay. Yeah, but you can laugh about things. When it's been like 10 years, I think it's all right. I yeah. think it's all right. Okay. Like, we were talking about that. The seriousness of things just gets diluted with time, doesn't it? Yeah. And you suddenly you can make jokes about death and things that yeah. just aren't funny, but they are with, with over time. Certain yeah. things you can find humor in. True. Don't worry. You can laugh at me getting beaten the shit out of Charlie. <laughs> Don't worry about oh, good. it. Okay. Minor um, concussion. Do you know what your level of English is? If not, then how can you tell if you're even improving? Considering you are no longer a beginner in this journey, you should be doing everything you can to show to yourself that your hard work is paying off. To do that, you need to know where you're at right now to be able to recognize the progress in the future. So, I have a quick and easy English level test for you to take right now for free to instantly find out what level of English you actually have. Head to thebritishenglishpodcast.com slash test me or find the link in the show notes of this episode. What about a Q at an A&E? Oh, wow. That's a good one. That's so wrong. That is, it's it's yeah. wrong on both sides, isn't it? The person who's offered you 50 quid and the person who's accepting it. that's got wrong written all over it yeah, yeah. i definitely a hard no a and e probably a no yeah. in the kebab shop but probably a yes <laughs> in a festival and are you saying no in the kebab shop because you're scared about getting sucker punched uh, correct so yeah. you're saving your own neck yeah typical charlie <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right are you ready for the next one i'm ready this is called the mind reading hat okay does it make sense anymore? Because I've changed it. <laughs> no, let's change it to the mind reading genitalia Cat? grab. No, <laughs> the mind reading genitalia grab. You find a oh. bowler hat that allows you. Oh, no, it doesn't make sense. The mind reading hat. You find a bowler yeah, hat, got a hat that allows you to read people's thoughts, but only while you've got your hands down your trousers. Do you use your newfound power for good, evil, or just for giggles? And even do you use it? Because you've got to have your hands do down you your it? pants and have a bowler hat on. Do you have to be in the presence of the person whose mind you're reading? Or can you do that from 
the comfort of your own home? Yeah, good question. It doesn't work through the mobile. It's got to be face to face. Yeah, the bowler can't hat. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it remotely. No, no remote access. Okay. I guess it's a bit of a double whammy, isn't it? Because not only have you got to look prat wearing a wearing a bowler hat, it's not my preferred look, but also you've got to have your hands down your pants. And that's not a good look. It's not no. a good look, is it? Yeah, you could get into trouble, especially if you're near a playground. I mean, it wouldn't take long for them to say, what is that hat and wh- why are you putting your hands down your trousers? And then what do you do? Do you confess? And then the next time they will know that you're trying to find out the truth. Oh, yeah. you've got your honesty yeah. hat on again, have you? Okay. Yeah. Well, now you know what I sa- I'm saying. It's just my mind reading bowler hat that I have to touch my penis <laughs> while wearing in order to read people's minds don't worry (laughs) nothing going on here what would you use it for i think i'd use it although i don't want to read people's minds i don't like to know what people are thinking really i'm already trying to think what they're thinking i don't actually i don't think i really want to know i really yeah so i think i probably wouldn't use it only when i absolutely had to know like maybe if I suspected my partner was having an affair or something. Okay. I could get the old bowler hat on and touch my bits. But your partner yeah. would definitely know about this bowler hat and pants trick. Mm. So as she gave as... it to me yeah. for a present. Okay, yeah. If she sees that on, she'll probably run a mile. If But then that tells you, ah, uh, you were cheating. You don't want to admit. Yeah. She really shouldn't have bought me that hat and then had an affair. No. She should have known I would wear it. I'd use it. I always use my presents, even if I don't like them. (laughs) Don't get me a bowler hat. Yeah, good. You're using that that night mask? I think I'd use it. Of mine? The night mask. I'm ashamed to say I haven't used it yet. You know what I'm saving it for? Okay. I'm saving it for when I'm going to take it next time I stay at someone's house. Because that's when I can't sleep. I find it hard to sleep in other people's houses anyway. But often, the curtains aren't that good. Like... in my bedroom, like they're blackout curtains, so it is really dark. Yeah. And I'd rather not have something on my face when I'm sleeping. Yeah. But it is really comfortable, and I do appreciate the eye mask, and it is good, and I will use it. However, I want to use it when there is light keeping me awake. Good. Yes, I see that. I don't know if you've tried it yet with your hands down your pants, but I have heard it also has magical powers. Not being specific about the powers, just... <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't tried that one. Because I've got one, but it's a different one. And yeah, different magical powers for each mask. Okay. Because Stacey's got this one, hasn't she? Has she reported magical powers with her hands down her pants? Yes. She said it speeds things up. (laughs) Very good. Okay. I'll take that on board. I'll get it out tonight and report back. Yeah. I don't know what your version does. Yeah. She was saying it's almost like you're living life. In when you do times two on a video. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Erotic video. I'll report back on on that one. I definitely don't need things to be any quicker, though. (laughs) Not going to lie. (laughs) Good. It seems like I've got the hat on now. Okay. So the next one is a bit more close to home for me because my wife now, she is a loud popcorn cinema muncher. Imagine you're both watching a classic British film in the cinema or a classic film that you really enjoy. It's not one that you don't care about. 
And then someone near you starts eating popcorn very loudly with their mouth wide open. What do you do? Do you just, what would you do? I don't want to give you your options yet. First thing I would do is I would complain to the person I'm there with. Yeah. I wouldn't go straight to them. And then I'd probably do a kind of glance at the person, look at them in slight disbelief. Just a just a little kind of nudge, not physically, just like a little glance over so they can realize oh, what I'm doing is maybe not normal. Yes. Yeah. So show disapproval subtly. Yes. That's I think that's the way that British people would do it generally. Yeah. Avoiding it, conflict. It works. So I'm that person's partner in Germany. We were I had this moment where we were behind two girls. Stacy was there chucking the popcorn in her mouth from a foot away and going, oh, 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 loving it. And I'm looking at her disgusted. And then these girls look over at her disgusted and she's not even, she's totally oblivious. She's just in a world of her own. She's staring at the screen and they make eye contact with me. And that was terrible because I knew the pain that they were going through. And it was on me to tell my partner to shut it. Oh, yeah. I can't believe you were putting up with that. I know. I tell her now. I say, close your mouth. Okay. Come on, love. Close your mouth. <laughs> and then, but then she looks at me annoyed. She's like, I want to enjoy my popcorn how I like to enjoy it. It doesn't taste as good <laughs> with the mouth closed. What? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. That's, does she actually say, has she said she those said words before. before? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't taste as good with the mouth closed. <laughs> Does she have bad table manners? Does she eat no, with her mouth open in no, general? Or is it just popcorn? It's just popcorn. She just goes into this alter ego and she just oh, turns into a monster. How funny. Yeah. She just likes to shovel as much in as possible, I guess. She so doesn't, having the actually, mouth open is part of that. I'm more of a full hand grabber and shovel, but she does one or two, right. but rapidly and just constant top ups <laughs> and doesn't even focus on the aim. Like a, a stereotypical Obscene. gross popcorn eater. Yes. Yeah, very quick. Yeah. Okay, love her. That's interesting. Absolutely love her. Yeah. For many years to come. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm definitely like you. I pick up a handful and shovel them in. I don't see the point in just like several blah, 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 blah. Because it's, it's so light. Like mm. You get through a piece of popcorn so quickly, don't you? Yeah. So it just seems you're wasting energy doing all this yeah. one piece at a time. If you were me, would you tell your partner? Yes, but it take, I know, I understand it takes a bit of time as well. You have to get to a certain point in the relationship. And so at that stage, you'd been together for a while. Like you'd lived together in America. Yeah. And now... You were in you yeah. were in Germany yeah, at that time, but you still you didn't feel comfortable saying love. Can you? No, I did. Close your mouth. I did, but okay. but actually that was it. They were in such close proximity that I felt judged by saying that to her. Then do you know what I mean? Like I had to. Right, right. I felt like I should almost be loyal to her and be like, "She's mine. She's fine. She's <laughs> not mine." Yeah. No, I don't own She's her. She's mine. My property. I'm with her. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're in this together. So you turn around, you. Okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. And you have that loyalty. You want to stick up. It's nice that you considered that. You thought, yes, they are judging her, but she's my love and mm. I'm going to stand by her side. Yeah. And then as soon as they thin. leave, I'm going to tell her my honest feelings. That was disgusting. <laughs> gonna what are you doing? Throw her under the bus. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you uh, make me sick. Yeah. Sorry, what was the actual original dilemma? What would, I, what would we it do in that situation? It was you hearing somebody eat a lot of popcorn. Would you yeah. confront them? You said you'd give them a look. If they continue mm. and they get louder and louder. I think, of, yeah, eventually I'd have to say something, especially if I'm enjoying the film. Yeah, I can't stand it if people were loudly eating. Yeah. I went to the cinema once and there was a like probably a teenager next to us and he was eating crisps. And crisps are the worst thing, aren't they, in the cinema? Oh, the rustling of the so crisp So loud. Packet. Yeah. So loud. And it's loud. The crisp packet itself is loud. but And the eating is potentially even louder. Unless you're like me and you lick every individual crisp, <laughs> which is going to make people <laughs> sick listening to this. But I... And that's actually, with the risk of upsetting people and uh, making people sick in the cinema, that's the way to eat a pack of crisps in the cinema, isn't it? If you want to be quiet, but also get the most out of every crisp, you should lick them. I've but not this guy, that. You lick every crisp. I have been known to. I don't in company because it's disgusting. <laughs> Unless I'm, if I'm at home with a good friend on my own or with a girlfriend or something, then I will. Sounds like I've got loads of girlfriends. I don't. <laughs> I'll lick every crisp, Chaz. I love it. it Especially prawn cocktail. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Very dog like to lick a crisp. Bog like? Dog like. Oh, dog like. Yes, yeah. Not bog like. Lovely. Anyway, there was a boy eating crisps very loudly, and we were just looking at him in disapproval. We were like, uh, mate, come on. Yeah. This is ridiculous. But he was younger, so it's easier to confront a teenager. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, it is. But then any younger than a teenager and you feel rude to... You'd have to go to the parent. That's probably the way, right? Yeah, yeah. but then that's... I think in the end, a man, one of the managers came over and had to tell him. Wow. The, what, the manager heard it from all the way outside? <laughs> Sometimes they go down the road, don't they, to check everything's okay. I yeah. think they heard a bit of crisp rustling commotion mm. and they came over and thought okay we've got to step in here yeah let's check the booklet of what to say here please just lick and not yeah they should do that in a little advert before when they tell you to turn your phones off yeah they should say lick your crisps <laughs> if you do have crisps on you make sure you lick them and yeah. make sure the packet is open before the film starts because opening a pack my God. Very good etiquette there. Yes. Open before, yeah. open during trailers mm. and then lick mm. and then maybe drop and just leave it under your seat. A whole packet of licked crisps. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely for the oh, cleaning. drop. No, the good thing about licking, Charlie, is it makes the whole crisp. You can almost just swallow it whole from that point because it's so soggy. <laughs> you just put it in and it melts on the tongue. That's another option. If you don't want to lick, which is disgusting, you've got to handle the crisp. From around the edge ah. what you can do what you can do if you don't like that option is it doesn't work if you're having conversation but you shouldn't be talking during a film anyway just put the crisp on your tongue let it set yeah and enjoy that flavor enjoy that intense prawn cocktail or salt and vinegar flavor wow. melting on your tongue you're a very and mindful then, crisp consumer i am yeah. always have been what do you feel about people talking in the film because we went to Oppenheimer recently, and mm. I've got to admit, you did ask a few questions throughout. I did. Said, what what's going on now? What did she say? She, yeah, who's who, he? Who's that? There were so many names. 
Weren't there? There were. I didn't know who was who. I didn't know who I was by the end of that film. (laughs) It was so complicated. But it was brilliant. But at times, sometimes I'll suffer in silence. But if it is a complicated film and you're with someone, you think, oh, maybe they caught this bit better than I did. I don't mind asking. So as long as the conversation is related to the film and it's it's helping us to understand the film better and get more out of the experience, then I'm okay. I'm in favor of a little bit of that. As long as it's quiet, yeah. it's a good kind of volume, then it's okay. If you're just talking about, I don't know, your night out or something or how many packs of crisps you had over the weekend, then no. I'm not, I don't think it's, it's okay. No. So you lean over and you say, excuse me, is that conversation contextually re- relevant right now? <laughs> exactly. And they say, yes, exactly I'm just that. talking about the, the ending. Don't spoil it for the rest of us. Yeah. You may have seen it already, but we haven't. Do you remember when I re- reached over to you and I said, what did she say? And <laughs> you laughed and you said, <laughs> I was going to ask you. I had no idea. <laughs> or I said, she said two words and you're like, I, I didn't even get that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what if what? And I was like, oh, what if? Oh, I didn't. I've missed that bit. Thank you. Thank you for filling me in on those two words. It was hard. It was so hard. It was very political. And they were speaking really quickly and mumbling a lot. And they were American. So the odds were against us. It was hard to, it was hard to follow at times, but it was great. It was amazing. I loved it. I do feel for elderly people. I think if we're struggling at our age to understand a fast-paced film, and Mm. I don't mean fast-paced as in the production of that, but the modern-day take on a film is generally a little faster than it used to be 30, 40 years ago, isn't it? I can imagine that when we're old, we'll really struggle. Yeah, definitely. Don't you think? Definitely, yeah. Uh, Going back, before we go on to the next one, I just remembered... When I said, if it's a child making the noise, you've got to approach the parent. When we were in a pantomime, when I was a little boy, I remember this moment at the end of the pantomime, a man, very big man, stood up at the end of it and in front of me and turned around to me really aggressively, saw how young I was and then started on my father. He started on him for not controlling his child Apparently, I had been kicking his seat all the way through the pantomime. And I had no idea. All the way home and for the rest of my life, I've been contemplating whether I had been kicking his seat. I may have moved a a few times because I was a bit uncomfortable, but I don't think I was. But obviously, I had been. And so, yeah, he started on my dad and he had to, my dad had to deal with it. He actually started a fight? He He was getting in his face. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. In front of all the kids. When he said, you've been kicking my seat, did you say, oh, no, I haven't? He's oh, behind yes, you. Have. That's right. It's me. me. Yeah. I can't believe that. I know. I'd love to see your dad in that situation. I bet he handled it very well. He did. But he handled it very well. He did handle it well. Yeah. Being six foot four does help. As soon as he stood up, your yeah. dad... Did the other guy back down? Was he like, actually, I need to pick my battles more carefully? That guy was pretty big, so he could have probably had my dad. But my dad was on the tier above him. So that helped even more. They probably looked (laughs) seven foot. Okay. Yeah, good. (laughs) Okay. Ready for the next awkward dilemma? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The fake accent dilemma. 
We will leave it there for part one of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening up to this point. If you did want to listen to part two and part three of this conversation, then you can head over to the British English podcast.com and check out the premium podcast or academy memberships. The premium podcast gives you access to the full conversation along with extended glossaries, transcripts and flashcards, whereas the academy gives you all of that plus exclusive videos and audios for the season-based episodes explaining the vocabulary, exampling them, giving you quizzes, writing assignments and weekly speaking classes on Zoom. But if you were just here for part one of this conversation, then I thank you very much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do grab that free worksheet by clicking the link in the show notes. My name's Charlie and I will see you next week on the British English Podcast. <laughs>